The reason that our country is in the mess that it is in today is not because of the Republicans, it's not because of the Democrats. Let me tell you this, it's because of lame Christians. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have a very convicting subject to cover today. But first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platforms in which you're listening to us upon. We have so many social media platforms with all sorts of material that you can listen to and read. Be sure to check us out on our fan page on Facebook. When you type in the search bar, the at symbol Mighty Fortress 313. We're growing ever closer to the 5,000 followers on that page. Be sure to check it out and be a part of the team there. Of course, if you are listening through our YouTube channel, please go ahead and click that like button and subscribe to the channel as well. Share appreciate and helps grow the channel. You can, of course, visit our website, OurMightyFortress.com, where we have a host of media there to include articles and videos, and even a link to our merch store to help support the work. And, of course, if you feel so motivated to donate to the work that we do here, feel free to do so through our website and the established PayPal link. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss today I'd like to talk about a growing movement and influence within biblical Christianity. I'm talking about the growing influence of Romanism and its theology springing up within evangelical circles. It seems that the Roman Catholic Church is not done with its play at merging the churches of the world to form that great whore of Babylon in the book of Revelation. This actually sprang up in a conversation I had with a former well-known Baptist evangelist, now turned borderline evangelical pastor. It was over a semi-recreated image of Eve and Mary. I'll describe the image and the situation shortly, but I want to communicate this subject with all gravity. Students of history will know the number of human lives that were lost as martyrs of the faith over what we're about to talk about. Anyone, anyone who knows history will know how very important this subject is and why we must take a very specific stance even today. We'll 
talk about this particular image and its importance to Catholics. We'll also address the growing number of evangelicals that are crossing the Tiber to go to the Roman Church. We'll then address where we must stand as a modern church against the flooding wave of Antichrist that is coming over our nation. In this, we will use scripture and strengthen what I hope you already believe. In the end, if there is to be any unity, it needs to be against the heresy that is growing within our churches. We need to have death before compromise. With that introduction, let's get right into this. I had a whole other podcast prepared for this week. But after a series of conversations that I had with an evangelical pastor and even a few other Baptist pastors and evangelists, I was absolutely inspired to respond and create this podcast. The conversation started with a recreated image of Eve and Mary. Eve was holding a fruit, assumed to be the forbidden fruit, and a serpent was spiraled down around her leg with the head on the ground going towards Mary. A pregnant Mary is holding her belly, and the serpent's head is under her foot. I said this image was recreated because the graphic artist tried, tried to take the foot of Mary slightly off the serpent's head, but he still didn't do a very good job. This image was actually... In real life, a crayon and pencil drawing that was created by Senior Grace Remington of the Caesarean Sisters of the Mississippi Abbey. The image was or is currently used as a feature that's on a greeting card and pretty much a selling tool for different goods. In order to understand why this recreated image is such a big deal, you have to know Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, which says, quote, and this is God speaking to Adam and Eve, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, speaking to the serpent and then pointing to Eve. So he's saying, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel, end quote. I use the image uh, as the main cover for the podcast. So you can take a look at it. Look at Mary's foot. Whose foot is crushing the serpent's head, according to scripture, and in turn has his heel bruised. The masculine form gives it away. And it is a prophecy of the Messiah sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Now it does say her seed, which is interesting because it's not the seed of man, because through Adam, the sinful nature of man is transmitted. You can check that out in the podcast that I did, number 49, and the fascinating subject of whose sin is it? Put a lot of biblical theology in that podcast, and it really turned out as one of my best. But that being said, the her seed foretells of the virgin birth it talks about the seed of mary but after 
it focuses and switches to the child and what he will do to the serpent, a.k.a. the devil. This is very important to understand that this drawing of Eve and Mary blatantly contradicts Genesis 3.15, and it's done purposely. Let me elaborate more on why this is a big deal about whose foot is upon the serpent's head. The Roman Catholic Church venerates Mary, and they'll contend against the idea that, you know, that they worship her. But I like what one theologian and research scientist, John Oakes, said about the difference. He said, quote, The fact is, however, that many Catholics are not sufficiently sophisticated to understand the distinction. You will see them bowing down to statues of Mary and praying to her. Catholics are not officially told to worship Mary, but millions of them do worship her. End quote. The Catholic Church states that this practice of worshiping Mary, or venerating Mary, goes back to the 3rd century. But in fact, there's no evidence of that uh, even beginning until around the 5th century, or around the end of the uh, the Roman Empire itself, before the, the fall of the Western Empire. It came on as full doctrine by the 7th century, and continued on pretty strong from there. That all being said, the veneration of Mary is extremely important to the Roman Catholic dogma. Mary crushing the serpent's head is only right in the Roman Catholic's eyes because she is the mother of God to them. This image represents everything that is wrong with the Catholic dogma, which is to supplant Jesus Christ with the Divine Mother concept. Man, throughout history, has always sought to have the Divine Mother play out in their religion. And Satan did the exact same thing with Christianity. Mary was certainly special in God's eyes, you know, choosing her to bear the Christ child. But no more recognition is given to her throughout Scripture. In fact, many say quite the opposite. After Jesus had cast out a demon, there was a woman there that was amazed and tried to give him a compliment. In the book of Luke, chapter 11, starting in verse 27, it says, quote, And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yes, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. End quote. Notice Jesus didn't even acknowledge the woman's comment, but in fact contradicted it. It doesn't stop there. In Matthew 12, starting in verse 46, going to verse 50, it says, while he yet talked with the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. And one of them said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto them, or, and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. End quote. 
Now, of course, if you're a Roman Catholic, that scripture would actually shock you. Why would Jesus say that about the unbelievable Divine Mother? It's easy, because she is not the unbelievable Divine Mother. Rather, Jesus wanted to make a point as to pointing away from her and point to who are truly brethren in God's eyes. Jesus Christ is the single most important person to have ever been born, to have lived, to have died, and to have lived again. False religions all over the world bow down and worship a divine mother figure, and the same is no different in Catholicism. Mary is mentioned about as many times that you can count literally on one hand, and the rest of the Bible is about Jesus Christ. Not to mention, not to mention, idolatry is strictly forbidden by God, yet is propagated by Catholics. The book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 4 says, quote, Thou shalt not make any uh, unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. End quote. It says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. That goes for Mary. In writing this and more to that pastor who had posted this image and defended it, his excuse was that, well, we need to be more open in our artistic expression because we're missing out. He said that we need to appreciate Mary more than we have in the past as evangelicals. I asked him this. I said, is artistic expression more important? To what degree? Enough to blatantly violate scriptures? Question mark. You know, I never got a response to that. In his response to another person, the Mary idolatry came springing forth. Now, mind you, this is a supposed Christian evangelical pastor. He said this, quote, Like dying for the cause of Christ, I would die so that Mary would be called blessed because she carried the Christ child, end quote. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let me examine Christian history for a moment. Let's see. Dying for baptism? Check. Dying for salvation by faith through God's grace? Check. Wait. Hmm. No Mary. Maybe if we examine the Reformation, maybe we can read something about the solas. Let's see. Sola gratia. Grace alone? Nope. No Mary. Sola fide. Faith alone? Nope. No Mary. Solus Christus. Christ alone? Nope. No Mary. Sola Scriptura. Scripture alone. Nope. No Mary. Or Pope, mind you. Soli Deo Gloria. To the glory of God alone. No. No Mary. But the Roman Catholic sympathizer would say, Well, where would you be without your mother? Or Mary intercedes on our behalf. Or, we know she's close to God. But none of that is biblical. The Pope before 
Pope Frankie said that it was time for the children of the Protestant Reformation to come back to the Mother Church. Now, Baptists were not a part of the Protestant Reformation, but predate that by over a thousand years. Our heritage lies with the Waldensian brethren and the ancient Christians outside Rome. See our podcast number 56 and 64 for more detailed history on that. Too many so-called Christians are biblically illiterate today to even know heresy if it were to slap them in their face. It was the well-known evangelical pastor Francis Chan that crossed the Tiber River, which is a reference about going over the river that goes to Rome, so going to Roman Catholic beliefs. It was only a matter of weeks ago. Uh, that happened a couple years ago, but it was only a matter of weeks ago that he wrote about the communion table, a.k.a. the Eucharist, uh, being more important than preaching itself. Yes, preaching. What complete and total heresy. Preaching is what convicts and saves the lost. Preaching is what convicts and turns the sinning Christian back to the Lord. Preaching is what our lost and dying world needs right now. The ironic thing about the whole image of Eve and Mary is that if the serpent's head wasn't being crushed by Mary, then the image actually wouldn't be as half bad. It's still a bit Catholic in its presentation for, say, my taste, but the heresy would literally be removed. Christ is the one that crushes the serpent's head, not Mary. It is time for preachers to have some backbone and stand against the heresy that's been creeping into our churches for years. I see this all the time where you have a Baptist gospel preaching church eventually growing soft, changes the music into a rock band, dims the lighting, puts in the bar lights, takes Baptists off the name of their church for some cheeky imitation. Too many preachers are busy making their churches look like bar rooms instead of combating heresy. Too busy with their skinny jeans and their guitars. The music of the heretics Hillsong and Bethel are playing throughout the said churches that also teach mysticism, by the way, and shame on you for any so-called Baptist preachers that play their stupid music. These same churches cuddle next to the heresy of Rome. And it's happened again and again. Shame on you. In the military, we say death before dishonor. Meaning that we'd rather die before dishonoring our nation. How about we have a Christianity that would say death before dishonoring God? How about we have a Christianity that would quit calling everything a preference and have death before compromise? Imagine our nation if Christians weren't so blasted biblically illiterate. How many Christian brethren in history have literally, literally burned at the stake for rejecting Mary idolatry? We have to ask the question, how many great men and women of God have died rejecting this heresy? Literally millions of godly men and women have been slaughtered 
slaughter for rejecting this Roman heresy. It is safe to say that the European Peninsula and North African, uh, northern part of Africa is soaked with the blood of the martyrs. As I said before, check out our ancient Christian series of the podcast, and I tell about some of those stories about those brethren. There were men who would stand before the Catholic courtroom full of cardinals and sometimes even the Pope himself. And that man would curse the Pope to his face and call him being the Antichrist. Then those people were either strangled, burned, or had their heads chopped off. So many who say that they are Christians and are not. But this is exactly what the Lord said would happen in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, starting in verse 22. He said, quote, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. End quote. I don't care what somebody threatens me with. I don't care how many of the supposed brethren are bowing down before idols. I don't care if there's a burning pile of something waiting for me to be thrown in by my popish accusers. I'll still curse the Pope to his face as Antichrist, and he can gnash his teeth as I'm being burned alive. Death before dishonor. Death before compromise. Arise up, you cowards, and turn from your wicked, popish ways. Needless to say, I was banned by those same unrepentant heathen on social media. One day soon, much more will come to us who hold to the faith. But you know what, brethren? Be strong. Walk with the Lord. And remember, death before compromise. I want to thank you for listening. And be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Please take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com, and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content, and remember to find your refuge and strength in Our Mighty Fortress.